0: Welcome back. This is the Bless You Boys podcast. Bless Your Boys is the SB Nation home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball. I'm your host, Brandon Day. With me is my co-host, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. Been,
1: you know, nice and staying a little bit lighter later, and I'm, I'm pretty sure spring may eventually show up.
0: Yeah, you know, I looked at our 10-day in the Detroit area, and, like, it still doesn't get to, like, Above 40, and I think until like next Thursday, <laughs> so we still have like nine days just for that. So, yeah,
1: it's super miserable here, too. It's like snow is still on the ground, it's still so cold.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like spring, really, a bit, I'm afraid. And uh, the, the Tigers' first four games have pretty much displayed that,
1: yeah. And I mean, the weather hasn't cooperated at all for them to be playing regular baseball. We've had what two, two rain/slash snow outs already mm-hmm yep and we've had to play the earliest doubleheader in comerica history
0: yep in miserable oh, conditions up in, in the nightcap especially
1: super miserable conditions and of course that's because we were playing the pittsburgh pirates and interleague is super hard to reschedule so of course they had to try and get those games in wherever and whenever they could um but yeah it's been um been some interesting game. like to, for for tuesday's game which is today for us um, man, it looked unpleasant out there. You could see everyone's breath. It was just people bundled up in, and you know, rain slickers and parkas. And then I went and watched the Rays game right after that, and it was the um, opening day at Yankee Stadium, and whoo, it didn't look much better there. Like, I think they'd had <laughs> snow all morning. Yesterday's game was snowed out. So yeah, it's been um pretty miserable
0: weather across the board for opening week for a lot of teams yeah which you know i mean i guess to some degree that's sort of par for the course like it it never quite makes sense that they don't have you know the schedule kind of set up to to stick in the southern cities and to stick in the domed stadiums but obviously there's there's that opening day big check that comes into all teams from you know selling out their stadium or coming close to it but um I don't know, what was it, it was like they announced 15,000 plus today, and it looked like there was like a a couple hundred people down there. Yeah, I think they sold (laughs) 15,000
1: tickets. So, of course, that's the monitor you get for ticket sales, not necessarily the people through the actual turnstile. So, uh, yeah, it it was was great.
0: (laughs) Yep, I just went, you know, opening day, I went down... And did a a radio show with um, our buddies Roger Martin and Chris Brown, who do the Tigers SRD podcast. So, we did like this live broadcast from a restaurant downtown, and um, all these people, you know, just kept streaming in. We started at like 10, I got there at 11, and people were just like kind of staggering in, like not knowing what to do with themselves. Like, uh, I guess they did kind of call that one pretty early, which was, you know, good on you, Tigers, for not forcing everybody to come downtown. And then there's probably some, you know, some local government pressure to. Try to get everybody to come down and see how the things were going to go first before you cancel it. But they called that one off nice and early. Um, oh, it was
1: so early. I had, because it was, I think it was eight here. I had just gotten to work. I was sporting my old school Justin Verlander jersey to the office. I'd gotten like special approval because I sit at the reception desk. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you go to town, crazy girl, who's the only person in the building who cares about baseball. You do you. <laughs> and uh, showed up, jersey on game was canceled
0: yep yep bright and early yeah everybody just kind of woke up like oh and then that didn't really end because it was it was bad on saturday and double header was kind of a mess we had the the dang game where they got robbed a little bit maybe i don't know
1: (laughs) well we'll get into that
0: yeah exactly and then you know today i guess you know let's let's start with the starting rotation because we've seen four out of the five or six starters the tiger's have on the roster. And so far, um, you know, Ryan Carpenter, who was called up, didn't do particularly well in his, his major league debut on Sunday evening. But beyond that, everyone pitched really pretty darn well. It's uh, maybe a bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, it's been. I, I was uh, it was Liriano up yesterday and he was like surprisingly good. And I mean, I don't know that we had many expectations for guys like Liriano and Fires who were picked up during the offseason as kind of like, just fodder for that lineup, right? You need five guys at least. So let's go pick up some, you know, proven vets who've who've at least done a couple innings worth of rotation in their lives. And yeah, Liriano looked great. He had a couple kind of messy out of the zone pitches, but never in a really dangerous situation, like never with runners on base. So a couple missed the zone, and he was really kind of making McCann work for it periodically. But he, he looked really good otherwise. And Boyd looked tight today, too. He only gave up one run, so it's yeah. nice.
0: Yep. I mean, we haven't really, you know, haven't really faced any any good lineup yet, um, and obviously the weather is terrible, which, you know, can affect hitters and pitchers pretty variably. You just kind of never know how um, how they're going to go, but yeah, Luriano especially um, has, has been pretty impressive because, I mean, Francisco Luriano, until two years ago, was a, a pretty darn good starting pitcher, and... You know, he hasn't really lost any of his stuff. I actually was in the middle of an article about this that I probably should have run before his start. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, he's still um he's still got all of his velocity. Um his changeup and slider are both really good. It just kinda always seems to come down to his command and whether or not he's he's walking people or um, you know, and whether or not once he does walk people, whether or not he's able to escape um escape the jams. Because he doesn't yeah. he doesn't give up a whole lot of hits.
1: No, he looked he looked pretty good. Um I missed the fulmer start, so you'll have to be my my guide on that. But even Zimmerman didn't look bad. I mean, for opening day. Yeah. I
0: thought Zimmerman um, pitched pretty well. Yep.
1: I think he, he, he did really well for himself, especially since there was a lot of criticism about him taking that opening day position. Yep. Um, whether or not that criticism is deserved is kind of a moot point. It was up to garden higher and garden higher picked Zimmerman. So that was the rotation we got, but I, I think he, he looked a lot better than he did in previous seasons. I think he looked a lot more confident, and I, I think it showed in the pitching.
0: Yep. And, you know, just seeing all those strikeouts, um, eight, you know, eight strikeouts, I think one walk, um, that's, that's almost always a good day unless you give up like a couple home runs or something. And really, he just had one inning where Dixon Machado bobbled a ground ball. Yeah. somebody else kind of knocked one through the hole um between Miggy and Machado and then he made a real bad pitch i think 01 to Francisco Cervelli and he buried it deep deep against the center field wall and that was pretty much you know the only the only moment that really went wrong for him um, all game other than that yep looked like he had it well in hand um striking guys out and locating his stuff really well so I mean, that's encouraging um it's just you know we're probably going to feel that way about Miggy and a couple other players this year, in that you know, like if they're healthy, you know, they can they can do what you hope that they'll do, but you just don't know how how healthy they'll be or how you know how long it'll hold up. So, yeah, I've I've been really happy
1: with what I've seen out of Cabrera and uh, Victor Martinez so far. Um, I think it's been nice to see Miggy out there, kind of being old Miggy, like not necessarily with like you know already hitting ten home runs or anything like that, but he's looked really like. He's looked light, and he's looked easy, and he's looked like he's having fun, even though the weather is crap. Like, he's out there grinning, and he's hitting those balls, and it it looks like the Miggy of olden days, basically, which has been a really kind of uh, promising thing, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can't remember if he hit the home run against the Pirates off Chad Cole, or if it was Trevor Williams, but not, like, two pitches before, you know, the guy threw him a good pitch— and Miggy did the thing where he kind of looks out at him and sort of gives him the nod and the thumbs up yeah. with a grin and um, and then hit a home run off him two you know, two pitches later. But yeah, that feels uh, very Miguel Cabrera. He's he's definitely smiling more. He's He's been running around the base as well. And um, so far, he's hit the ball really, really damn hard. Um, hasn't always got rewarded for it, but he's already got a home run. Um, he's come through with a bunch of bunch of big hits um, to get RBIs, mostly by. Drilling balls down in the right field corner, where he uh, where he makes a good chunk of his his dough. So yeah, that's been, that's been real encouraging. Victor's looked you know reasonably good. And um, he's had a couple
1: hits, a couple RBIs in one game at the kid a two or three RBI game the other day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So that was a really nice thing to see. I mean, Nick's been off to a great start. Um, you can't really, I mean, given what lineup we're given, it, it's really hard to have complaints about what we've seen. I've been really impressed with Nico Goodrum. Yeah. Um, the couple of games we've seen him out uh, playing shortstop, I guess like he was out for a game um he he turned what would have been a really nice double play at the end of the game on Monday but it didn't quite make it on time but it's nice to see he's got those quick like bang bang reflexes at the shortstop position so he could be something really interesting for the team
0: yeah he's definitely you know with the switch hitting ability um you know he's got power he's got speed um he's actually a little more intriguing than either Jose Iglesias and um Dixon Machado kind of on that front although Dixon's gotten off to a nice start and had a bunch of big hits um, of his own. But yeah, Goodrum is an interesting guy. I do hope they um, they play him a good deal because, you know, I mean, Iglesias isn't really going to, he just doesn't really do anything at this point as far as um, help us in the future. You know, he's going to play it out this year and maybe we'll be able to trade him. But, you know, for the most part, he's, you know, he's on his last, uh, last tour of duty with us and um, isn't probably going to bring back much in trade. So, yeah, if they can um, if they can sit him a little bit, sit Dixon and get um, get Goodrum in there now and now and again, or more often than that, depending on how he's going, I I would definitely approve. I'd like to see see a little more of him. We're not going to get too crazy, but um, you know, he's kind of one of those players like um, Mikey Matuk himself was, you know, where you know pretty high draft pick, um, a guy who had a lot of ex- expectations and just couldn't quite put it together. But he's still only 26. Um, he's younger than Mikey is, for example. So yeah, there may still be something there um so that's been pretty good um yeah Dixon was good Jacoby Jones when he's played has looked really good I know people are already clamoring for him to just take over center field full time um that's not gonna happen but
1: uh <laughs> you know I think it that's a little bit uh it's a little bit of a premature hope
0: everyone yeah, yeah. but he's definitely another guy you've got to find the playing time for you've got to, you've got to get him plenty of uh at bats there's no point in him being up with the team and Sitting around, you know, two or three games a week, um, he needs to be in there and being able to play middle infield or wherever else you want him. Um, that seems like you know they, they've got to take those opportunities and try to get him as many at bats as possible. So hopefully we'll see that. Um, Jacoby Jones seems to have, he also just seems to have weird knack for magic and weird things happening, like getting hit in the lips. Um, there was the the game where he like came home. Um, and beat the throw. I think it was early last year. Um, slid into home to uh, to score the game-winning run. He's had a few big hits. Um, so yeah, there's there's a little bit of knack for the moment there from him, which is kind of cool. But the moment um, we'll remember from uh, yeah from <laughs> the game that should not be mentioned. Um, you know, should have had a walk off. Should have had a walk off single. Um, you know, Nick Castellanos kind of had to dodge around Cervelli and didn't get his legs extended, but. You know when the play is, you know, called safe at home, and the umpire is where the umpire was in that in that game, and had had the the perfect kind of view of it. Um, you, you feel pretty good about it, and you know, replay is what it is. But oh, the worst ones are the ones where it looks like a team has won the game and everyone's celebrating, well, it. and it's like, oh, gotta wait and see. They did win. <laughs> I mean, I
1: I not to like shit on the pirates for winning their first game of the season, quote unquote winning. Uh, but I mean, come on. Also. I was under the impression that replay rules said you had to have a verdict within two minutes or the call stood, and they were waiting on that replay for five minutes. And if it was that hard to tell whether or not that tag was applied, then you leave it with the call on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, that, I, yeah, that's how I feel too. When it takes that long, it's hard to believe that they saw something, you know, conclusive.
1: Yeah, like if you see it, if it's a conclusive shot, you see it quickly. And at that point, they're just like, I feel like dragging this out because who doesn't want to watch 13 innings of baseball on opening day? (laughs) Oh, my God. It was a very, I I joked today because that game was five hours and 24 minutes, I think. Like, it was a long day. It really was a marathon, yep. And then today, on today Tuesday's game, was two hours and 17 minutes. It was literally three hours less.
0: Yep. It shows, baseball is weird. I know, it really is. And that just shows you, Rob Manfred, you know, you want more offense. Um, you know, games are going to be long. It's just this the way it is. There was almost no offense today. And Matt Boyd and, uh, oh, geez, I can't even remember who pitched for the Oh, Jake Junis went Jurist, out there and just, yeah. yeah. Just you know, pounded the strike zone. Just mowed right through everybody. The Tigers were just hitting fly balls left and right that were caught everywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, just if one you, of those yeah. games.
0: Just kind if of you want pace through.
1: to play, just make sure it's like forty degrees
0: outside and drizzly. Yeah, you have to figure everybody was working at their their fastest pace just to stay warm out there. Yep, trying to keep it going. But um, yeah, I mean, and you know, there was some fallout from the, from the decision. I mean, obviously MLB has it written into the rules that there's, I think, you know, something about extenuating circumstances or discretion where they can take more than two minutes um, if they need to, because the point is to get it right. The problem is that we have, we still have no idea if they got it right after, after multiple days. Um, There was an article in the Freep um, the other day and it was all about this and, you know, Ron Gardenhier And I believe Alavila both kind of commenting like, yeah, the league admitted that, you know, they hadn't gotten it right. And, you know, they hadn't followed the rules. And then, of course, they say that. And then MLB comes out today and is like, oh, no, you know, he was out and we're sure of it. And yeah, we're super right. Just don't nobody look behind the curtain. Yeah. But strangely enough, they did not produce a camera angle proving their point. So I don't think that's going to convince anybody until we see uh, conclusive evidence. But such it's, you know, so it is, Um, you know, they didn't protest the game. Um, Gardy got his first ejection and it was unfortunately like kind of lame because the person he wanted to argue with was in New York. And so, <laughs> yeah, like he, kind of just, yelling, he you know, literally
1: yelling. went out and kicked the dirt <laughs> and, you know, got his first, his first eviction. Yeah. So basically ejection, just kind of eviction. Yeah, oh he, my God. He was evicted. evicted he was from evicted the from the dugout.
0: Out he goes. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, gave us the opportunity to meet Steve Little, who, I barely had recalled was even our bench coach now. <laughs> so it was like, oh, oh who's God. this guy speaking on behalf of the tag? Oh, right. That's Steve Little. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We- I know. They were like,
0: Steve Little had these comments. And
1: I'm like, who? Yep, I know.
0: Speaking,
1: speaking of which, I want to kind of address um, poor Doug Teeter this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of comments on this because I've had to mention Teeter twice because he had to come out to look at um, a home plate ump who took a ball to the mask. Mm -hmm. Um, During one of this week's games And then he also kind of made I posted about it And it kind of made the rounds on cut four And others like that um, Was that Nick was rubbing his bald head For luck this week (laughs) Orlander had done back in the 2012 postseason Guessing is kind of a frequent thing But something we've been getting a lot of Every time I mention that Doug Teeter Is the head athletic trainer Is people where is Kevin Rand Because we got so used to having Kevin Rand around um, as the head athletic trainer. So I just, if anybody's listening and isn't yet sure, um, he is still with the Tigers, Kevin Rand. Yeah. Um, he has just moved on to a position in Lakeland um, where he will have oversight of the organization's athletic training overall. Um, so he's actually not been demoted or moved aside. hes They've given him this brand new position where he's actually overseeing all major and minor league had athletic tra- like athletic training in general. Yeah. Um, so he's got a very fancy-schmancy position, and I believe he lives near there too, so it's nice for him to be able to be at home. Um. But yeah, so that's something we seem to be getting a lot of comments yeah. on every time I mention that Doug Teeter is the trainer now. Um, so it's not that Kevin Rand quit. It's not that he was fired. They gave him a better job closer to home. Um, and Doug Teeter has been with the team for perhaps, at least the
0: last six years yeah and i think longer than that so he's not new to the team by any means either yeah and kevin aranda's been around so long it kind of feels like, like he's sort of you know got a tenured position you know like you know he's gonna go down there he's gonna you know work on training all the you know the young guys and the prospects and be responsible i would assume for coming up with all the protocols and and training um you know methodology for pitchers and and their programs and all that kind of stuff so um, good for him, you know. He he's definitely served his time and served it well. So yeah, it seems like he's he's got a pretty sweet gig down there now. Um, but yeah. and we get Doug Teeter's head, you know, which is now available <laughs> for regular rubs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor Doug Teeter. I'm glad he takes it so well because there are definitely I wouldn't be thrilled.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. he does seem to take it well. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think you you referenced Adrian Beltre in that article, and yeah, Adrian Beltray <laughs> never takes it too well. Although, oh my god. Although not so, you know, not so badly that everyone doesn't keep doing it for the fun of it. So.
1: Oh, my favorite is when Andrews does it to Beltre, and that he just like hucks his glove at him. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, it's so good. Yep. It's one of my favorite baseball things. Is Adrian Beltre and his his hatred of having his head touched.
0: Yep, they have a good time over there. Yep, Miguel always always has to reach for the head as well. And yep. yeah, this is kind of a long standing relationship there.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. If you've never watched it, go to YouTube and just. Google or just YouTube search um, Adrian Beltre head touch and it will just it'll fill your
0: evening with pure joy. Yep, Yeah. It's good stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, the starting rotation, I don't know. You know, there's not a whole lot to take away from, you know, just just a couple games and one one turn through. But, you know, Michael Fulmer looked good. Um, Matt Boyd looked good. You know, the strikeouts haven't really been there. Um, for the t- for the tiger starters especially, but you know they're just going out there and throwing strikes in cold weather and, and trying to get through these games. So you know I don't want anybody reading too much into the fifth data at this point, And oh, they're not striking anybody out, and this is a pitch to contact team now, and et, cetera, et cetera, But that does oh, yeah no. <laughs> but that does kind of lead to the Chris Bazio article because I know some people took the article I wrote today as kind of sounding like Chris Bazio wants them to go out there and just just chuck strikes, you know, just get the ball back, throw strike, and just keep, you know, and just keep this pace up of strike throwing and just allow that these guys to, to make outs. And that's, that's not what, what Chris Bazio is all about. Um, you know, the, the speed thing is all about controlling the pace of the game, keeping the hitters uncomfortable and, you know, the timing mechanisms where you vary your delivery or put a little hitch into it. That's all about screwing hitters up and getting swings and misses. So, you know, this isn't a, you know, a Minnesota twins, Circa 2014, 15, we're gonna just bring in sinker ballers who just throw strikes and let them hit the ball over the ballpark, and we'll catch it. You know, it's that's not the that's not the deal. Um, you know, there's pretty sound sound methodology behind it because there's just so much data on hitters now, and so much data on pitchers that pitchers are you know kind of obliged to figure out ways to you know to, to throw hitters off because um, you know they're all sitting there knowing what you're gonna throw in different counts. There may be sign stealing going on. Um, there's, you know, there's pitch tipping that guys are studying all this video during the game now, apparently to, uh, to, to pick up your little tendencies. So it all makes pretty good, uh, theoretical sense and we'll just see if how many of these guys can kind of keep it up and keep implementing it because it always seems like guys pitch, you know, faster when they're pitching well. Um, <laughs> like it sounds good because, oh, when guys are pitching well, they work fast, but the, the two don't necessarily follow that simply pitching fast will make you pitch well. So it doesn't always work that way.
1: Yeah, as long as nobody pitches real slow like Clay Buckle's slow, I'm uh, I'm good. But I mean Max Scherzer's really good at that at that pace of play thing. Like you'll see when when he's ready to go, he doesn't care where you're standing in a box. He's like he's going to throw his pitch. Yep. So you I get think your there's in something there. to, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, I I think there's something to be said for having for throwing guys off with that that quickness of approach. So Yep. I'm I'm curious to see what we'll get. I mean, like you said, don't look at any numbers right now. The Tigers have been pitching in atrocious weather. Yeah. Um, and it's... We're, what, five games into the season now? Yep. Like, you can't. There's no way. You have to wait at least a month to start formulating any kind of opinions on numbers. Yep. And I know there's, like, we we joked about it. We had, like, a way too early in the season assessment of teams. Yep. <laughs> and it's basically, like, the White Sox are going to the World Series. <laughs> like, yeah. let's not get carried away. <laughs> like, I mean, right now the Cubs are on a losing streak. And everyone's got them slated to end the season at the top of the Central in the national league so i mean
0: it's too soon yep way too soon except for for amusement purposes so oh yeah but if you want to go crazy out there and take jacoby jones six at bats and um 1071 ops as a sign that he's about to just break out and rage jd martinez like throughout the league um i mean go ahead i guess but you're gonna be really disappointed
1: (laughs) yeah like like, i mean don't be running out out to like pick players up on your fantasy leagues just because they're doing well yeah. like i i feel like maybe joe panic is not going to continue hitting 90 home runs
0: yeah only against the, the dodgers.
1: <laughs> only against. i think he had another one today against uh i don't know who they were playing today cause oh. I, I, oh the mariners it was oh, Mariners. Giants. um but i think he had yet another home run so it's not just the dodgers apparently though that's all he can do is hit yeah. home runs
0: yeah well happy for joe panic because yeah he's he's been banged up all last year and Despite the fact that he's a giant, I, I don't hate his guts. So, No. All right. Well, I mean, and real quick, you know, the bullpen, um, you know, there isn't a whole lot to say there. You know, Shane Green doesn't look particularly good. Um, you do kind of have to wonder if his command is affected a little bit when it's, you know, bloody frigid cold outside. Um, but again,. He's got one, you know, one inning and two thirds. <laughs> so I don't want to take yeah. too much from that. Joe Jimenez has looked good. I thought Warwick Sawpold has looked pretty good. Um, Daniel Stump too. For the most part, the bullpen hasn't been that bad. Um, Drew Verhagen and Buck Farmer both kind of blew up in consecutive games and, and really hurt the team in those, those two outings. But again, yeah, we're just yeah, Wilson
1: going. looked okay today, um, yeah. which is better than it's not. It's been pretty on and off for him. Like. Yeah, it was a weird I can't spring. say he's been great. Even in, the, um, yeah, spring was not great for him. But uh, today he looked okay. He he looked absolutely miserable coming out of the game. But that was largely due to the fact that I think his fingers had gone
0: numb. Yeah, and even in the first game, like he pitched really well. Um, that you know they just had to push him because we didn't have anybody left all the way to yeah, I... 50 plus pitches and yeah finally gave up the three-run shot to Gregory polanco but um, he had done his work up till that point and he was really just saving you know whatever was left of the bullpen at that point so
1: yeah I was actually really impressed with him for how long he held out there and I, th- I was I think I said on Twitter that it was a, a good sign of how he had tried to push for a starting position during spring training which obviously didn't happen um but it's really nice to know that he can maintain like a three Inning stretch, if need be, um, in games like that, and I think that in spite of runs he gave up, he did very well.
0: Yeah, and that versatility um, has, has kind of been his calling card with us. Like he's never really been able to kind of hang in there as a, a late innings like setup man because he's just not quite good enough at, at striking out a guy in a key situation and that sort of thing. But um, very durable, um, you know, really gutsy reliever out there, and yeah, the Tigers could really probably use one more Alex Wilson to uh, to kind of bolster things because. Yeah, we're running out a lot of kind of mediocre arms. I, I really wasn't happy on uh, opening, de- or not opening day, but the first game anyway, um, once they got it going, where they, you know, I think Guardy brought in um, Drew Verhagen in the eighth to hold the lead, and he could oh. I would I would really like to see them just settle down with the Drew Verhagen. Like, I know they like him, I know they like his stuff, um, but we still, have, we've just never seen anything. So if we could make him the seventh man for the time being, I, I would be happy about that. <laughs> Can we just settle yeah. down, Tigers? I know you love Drew Verhagen. He's a handsome man. He's got a big, <laughs> pretty he... big fastball, but...
1: Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. I don't – there's nobody that's really stood out in the bullpen as being like, holy buckets, we finally have someone. Yeah. Um, but it, it hasn't been – I it hasn't been – an unmitigated disaster.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, generally the pitching, yeah, the pitching has been pretty good. You know, we've got, we've gotten two one inning or one run starts out of, you know, Boyd and Fulmer. We've, you know, basically been in every game um, except maybe the Carpenter game a little bit, but yeah, I think all in all the, you know, the pitching staff has been fine. I think we're, what we're seeing is the, you know, the weakness um, of this team, you know, in the, in the past few years has really been the pitching staff. And now what we're going to see is that it's the offense. Um, We've always had kind of trouble, you know, having like five or six great hitters and then three kind of bad ones. Um, This year we've probably got like two or three really good ones. And you just kind of see like when you need a hit from uh the five through the nine spots um and even the the leadoff spot, you're, you know, you're kind of grasping at straws there. And those guys are going to be frustrating this year. Um, This is kind of the way it goes. So we'll just have to, uh we'll just have to see because nobody, you know, nobody's expecting this offense to do much. And so far they haven't really looked like they're, particularly capable of it um but at least we do have yeah like you said miguel and, and nick looking good in the middle candelario still drawing walks um looks like he'll be you know pretty steady for him but um yeah there's it, just not a lot of options uh, once you get past the heart of the order so we're gonna struggle pitchers are gonna have a good year against the tigers i would assume yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be uh Pretty interesting i don't think you're gonna see a lot of, of run support from the team i have i've liked the way has looked in general um considering it's his first major league season i am excited to see more from him i think he's really like he's showing himself to be a major
0: league player which is nice um yeah you still see the walks you know he's still showing that discipline that, is, yeah. that even when he's kind of going hot and cold um should should kind of carry him through so that's good
1: yeah yeah
0: and, you know, I, I don't know how good he's going to end up grading out at third base, but um, after watching Nick play there for the last three <laughs> or four years, I think it's easy to look at Jamer Candelario and kind of think like, wow, this guy's amazing at third. He's not yeah. amazing, but he's pretty good. <laughs> Been pretty it'll good so be, far. It'll be an improvement. Um,
1: I thought for a minute on opening day, we might see our first position player <laughs> pitching situation. Yeah, we were
0: close. Yeah. Oh uh, gosh! No, nope, but only uh, only my boy Gabe Kapler uh, got into that kind of trouble, and he's uh, he's had a, kind of a hilariously messy first oh first my couple God. couple games.
1: God, yeah. Oh God, the Gabe Kapler thing—it's <laughs> just—it's made the Phillies so much more entertaining than they deserve to be. Yep. Uh, it's well, like I knew
0: they would be. You know, he's he's a fun guy to listen to and, and watch, and he's going to do crazy, interesting things over there sometimes, and then. Um, you know, once in a while, he's going to do something truly boneheaded, like call for a reliever when there isn't one warming up.
1: <laughs> yeah, call for an, unwar- an un- unwarmed reliever. Um, ask, wait around on the field, and then ask your reliever if they want to pitch, I
0: think was one that happened. Um, I think you asked the position it, player if you wanted to pitch. Yeah, I think that, that one came together. But
1: Some truly bizarre stuff happening on the weekend in Philly. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, I I feel like we're gonna see some interesting people are like how's what's the fastest somebody's ever been fired from a management <laughs> position but I don't think that's gonna happen I no, think not at all. I, I think, think Kapler's gonna have time and I don't think he's doing these things to prove that he's like some sort of idiot I <laughs> I think I think that he's gonna be okay Me too It's just been uh, it's been a hilariously Gong show kind of first week for the Phillies.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things like where, you know, it's great to wanna to be, you know, super innovative, but you have to have your fundamentals right. Like if, if the funnel fundamentals aren't there for the base to build on, um you're gonna end up, you know, tripping and falling on your face, and you know, and that's what happened. If if that scenario where he called for the reliever hadn't happened, this would all just be kind of you know, everything else would just be kind of like, oh. That's just kind of interesting. Like, oh, I wonder why he does that. You know, people would be kind of into it. But, you, yeah, you can't make yourself look that bad. I, I've seen that happen plenty of times. I, I remember Joe Girardi doing something similar um, early in his tenure. And I want to say Brad Osmus had a moment, like, not quite that bad, but something similar, like where they, he thought someone was about to get up and go catch um, and they didn't, like they were in the bathroom or something. And so Brad, oh like hurry up and like catch, you know, whoever was warming up and yeah, there was some <laughs> kind of goof up like that there too. So yeah, these two happened to rookie managers apparently. So yeah, hopefully his, uh, his bench coach is looking out for him a little better than that. Cause, uh, that's the whole point of that guy who just sits there and apparently does nothing is to make, keep you from doing anything that dumb. <laughs> they might, yes. need, might need to hire somebody else on that front, scapegoat, whoever he's got now and try somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right. real curious. I'm real curious to see what how, how Kepler does there. It's going to be super fascinating to see how he, you know, kind of talks all these guys into buying into his philosophy and stuff. So yeah, it should, it should be an interesting go there.
1: Interesting. So speaking of managers, what's your take on Gardy first week into the,
0: the season? How do you feel? I mean, I, I feel unchanged, you know, um, you know, n- not much has happened. He got himself thrown out. That was fun. Um, you know, you can bitch and moan about Drew Verhagen being the setup man and Leonis Martin leading off, but it's the first week of the season. Um, I won't get real mad about these things until they don't work, you know, kind of long-term and he refuses to change. Um, you know, some of these decisions don't make a lot of sense to me, but, you know, by, by and large, you have to give a guy a little bit of time, um, to try out what he's got because we don't have a lot. (laughs) We really don't. So yeah, just about every option people have suggested for a leadoff man, other than Leonis Martine, um, hasn't really seemed all that exciting a, a possibility <laughs> either. Um, I would prefer to see Candelario there, but having him hit second is perfectly fine. Whatever. So yeah, it's been fine. You know he, um, you know he's likable. He has all those like guardius charms, but. I got to say, like, from what I've already seen on Twitter, like, it's not going to be that long before people are ready to turn on this team. And I don't know if they just didn't sort of prepare their expectations properly for what this is going to be like. But the salt is real already. So,
1: Oh, but the salt is real for every team right now. I don't even understand. Like, yeah, I agree. I think Tiger's Twitter is is foaming at the mouth already. And I really want to know what kind of coverage they were reading in the offseason that had them thinking that the team was going to go like 15 and 0 to start the year. But yeah. see I had like I think by game 3 a friend of mine had texted me and they're like could we do it? Could we go 1 162 for the season? Worst team in history and I'm like let's find out. But and he was actually disappointed when we won a game. Um, <laughs> but I I think that anybody that had tempered their expectations appropriately going into the year can't be that disappointed by how we're performing right now because the focus has got to be on individual performance right now. Yeah. Like you have to be seeing how each player is doing, how the pitching rotation is, is shaking out. And I don't, I don't care where we're at, like wins or loss wise. Cause I just want to see is Jordan Zimmerman able to like pitch for six and a half innings mm-hmm. is, is Daniel Norris who we're going to see next? I think. Yes.
0: Yep. Tomorrow. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, Dale Norris, is he going to be able to pitch six-plus innings? And for me, seeing if his command is there, seeing if if even, like, if Mike Fires, who we're going to see on the weekend in Chicago finally, who's recouped from his back injury apparently and did well down in Lakeland on extended um, work down there, um, I just want to see how these guys are doing. Like, guys like Learyon on Fires aren't so much important because they're not going to be around for the long haul. Yeah, They're on one-year contracts. But, like... I want to see, you know, how the young guys look in their positions, how they look as they pick up offensive tricks, working a full season at the major league level. To me, that's the more fascinating part of the season anyway. Yep. Like, wins, losses, who cares? The Tigers are not going to have a great year, but there are still, I think, stories here that matter and are worth paying attention to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and... I'm like everybody else. Like, when you're watching the game, obviously you want the Tigers to win. You're rooting for the Tigers. Um, I'm not telling people, like, you can't be disappointed when they lose or you can't be angry when they lose. But it's just a it's just good process to step back after, you know, a half hour of, of, you know, moaning and being upset about the game and just look at what matters, which, as you said, is, is the young players, um, is the assets the Tigers have who may be tradable at some point. Um, and, you know, just watching Miguel Cabrera, obviously. You know, like, seeing Miguel <laughs> Cabrera healthy and, and hitting great, um, is worth watching for you know for, in my book pretty much all the time, so you know we have to kind of have to kind of find our um, yeah find the gems you know to kind of like focus on and not worry too much about the overall because we all know the overall is going to be bad it just is yeah it's it's going to be bad this year and it's probably not going to be any better than next year so I'm just gonna have to kind of uh, gonna have to buck up and kind of you know manage to deal with this at least y'all don't have to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes when they're bad, like there's actually a lot more to say. Like it's so much easier to like you know like analyze a performance that was either great or terrible than it is like middling, okayism. You know, like you know if I can yeah. write about Justin Verlander one day and then Drew Verhagen getting shelled, like those those two extremes are easier than trying to make some something out of Jordan Zimmerman's eight strikeout day and you know all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we're just uh we're just, you know, kinda warming up and getting in here. The truth is too, I've only seen um two games actually all the way through. Um, you know, I, I get on ML, MLB T V after kinda finding out what happened if I was at work or whatever or having tough. To the day game to watch tough. a day games. Yep. But See, fortunately I'm, we don't have too many um, this year. No. Yeah, I think I think last year there were day games right
1: up until like April twenty eighth or something insane. And I think by next week the Tigers are already into regular night games. Um, which actually sucks for me. I really like the day game schedule because it means I can watch at work. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> You've got your nights free? Like, watch both your teams and get well, out?
1: My nights are never free. Well, <laughs> so yeah. So that's the thing. So yeah. it becomes much harder for me to watch um, when we when we hit nighttime games. So now I have to start scheduling things again.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um Let's see. Let's just kind of take a quick look. We're going to. We've got one more game um, coming up here against the Royals. So, sorry, I'm following uh, Justin Verlander's game. That's <laughs> well on Game Day. Okay, I'm a that's fine. That. You're forgiven. Yep, he struck out nine. Um, gave up a couple Ugh. runs. You know, another pretty good start. That's more. I think that's more runs than he's ever given up. Um, with the Astros, which is crazy. Give four runs, three. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's in a better place now. <laughs> Yeah,
1: we miss you, Justin.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm kind of waiting to see some Ian Kinsler action. Uh, I have watched. Well, he's the on Angels. a DL right now. Yeah, so. yeah, he's not back. But I have watched some Angels games because I wanted to see um, Otani. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Shohei Otani, who looked awesome for the most part. Um, had one inning where he got his command got a little squirrely, and he hung one, and it got crushed for a three-run bomb. So hit at the exact wrong time. But boy, other than that, the fastball splitter combo looked amazing. Um, yeah, he was, he was looking pretty sharp, so I think uh, I think they're probably going to be all right over there. There was so much kind of hand-wringing um, this spring about, you know, like he wasn't doing that well or blah, blah. It's like, eh, seems like he's all right. <laughs> yeah, I
1: feel like this is a prime example of spring training doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, he's got so many different challenges compared to everyone else, you know, like just, just figuring out how to live here and... You know kind of get to know his teammates through the language barrier and all that yeah stuff, he so. hasn't
1: had that minor league buffer so he hasn't had any of that extra bonus time to like get used to anybody or to to kind of adjust to the system so yep.
0: yeah yeah it's gonna be to tough yeah it'll be interesting to see what he does but um all right let's just preview tomorrow's game real quick because the tigers once again will be at one ten p.m and so i will be listening to this at work but um Daniel Norris is going to take on Danny Duffy, so you've got kind of a battle of fairly similar left-handed pitchers, um, both of whom are friends. Um, I've, I've seen those two tweet at each other during the offseason, um, so there's a little bit of intrigue there with the two of them being buddies and kind of going at it tomorrow. But um, this could be a pretty important start from da- for Daniel Norris in a way because... As much as it aggravates me, um, I mean, with Mike Fires coming back, it's hard to imagine that Daniel Norris is going to stick around in the rotation unless he goes out tomorrow and really dominates and gives them a reason to kind of rethink what they're going to do. I don't really see any way it's going to work anyway. Uh, I I really, at this point, would cut Mike Fires myself (laughs) just just to kind of get him out of the way because, you know, when, when they signed him, I was perfectly fine with it. But Francisco Liriano was just a better option and the way the... You know the free agency went this off season. Um, you know we ended up getting a better a better option for actually less money. Um, and putting Daniel on the shelf um, doesn't really help his development or the Tigers going forward. But um, so he's going to need to come out and do well tomorrow. Um, but we're just going to have to kind of yeah kind of have to see how it goes. The um, the Royals are a free swinging team and that should play well for him. Um, but yeah, it's just hard to know. He was he was pretty good in the spring, but not. Not dominant, so yeah, we'll just kind of see what we get. And
1: Duffy didn't look great against the White Sox last week either, so um, that could bode well for the Tigers, Yep, he had a pretty, I forgot how to baseball kind of game uh, against the White Sox, so um, if he's experiencing a little bit of rough waters, then that could be a pretty good thing for the offense.
0: Yep, and you know, for the most part, the Royals don't really have a whole lot to offer as far as right-handed hitting, um, you know... Jorge Soler has power, but isn't much of a hitter. El Escobar is, is kind of a pest, but usually isn't going to hurt you it's too bad. So um, it's kind of all set up for Daniel, assuming it's not, you know, drenching rain again tomorrow, which I, I'm not sure it may well be. So, yeah, we'll have to see what he's got there. Um, and that'll get us through our first turn in the rotation.
1: And we'll have seen them all.
0: Yeah, we'll have seen everybody. Um, and we'll have gotten through. Yeah, we'll be into uh, what is it, a series against the White Sox next. Our second AL Central opponent in the battle for um basement dweller in the Central Division.
1: <laughs> we'll yeah, it's an AL Central heavy start to the season because right after the White Sox, we see the Indians. Yeah, starting on Monday um so that should be terrible
0: um that will not go well almost (laughs) certainly yeah
1: speaking of the indians even though he's not on the team is he still i don't know uh edwin incarnacion yeah inside the park home run yeah i don't know how that happened i haven't seen the
0: footage of that yet it seems (laughs) impossible but 2018
1: edwin Encarnacion hit an inside the Home run this week. Like I love how
0: baseball is just the most ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, did he go with the parrot on his shoulder all the way he, around? I think he must have. <laughs> Don't
1: know though. So I mean, you got to be hustling for a run like that. But oh lord, oh, man. so good.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to go take a look and, and find that footage of the, and, and see how that developed because uh, that's bizarre. Carlos Correa yeah. actually had an inside the Parker tonight as well, which I think makes four or five already this season, which kind of seems like a lot. Yeah, but- there
1: was one. I think Xander Bogart hit one in the the Rays-Red Sox opener. Um, either that or the second game of the series. So yeah, there's been a couple already this season, at least three that I know of.
0: Yeah. At and there least- might have been... At least Carlos Correa makes makes sense. Everyone, you know, they all made yeah. sense except Edwin Encarnacion. But
1: Edwin Encarnacion, I just can't picture it, so I really do have to look up the video.
0: Yeah, we also saw um, Kevin Pillar of the Blue Jays steal home plate with you know with extreme style the other day off Dylan Brittanza, who has a really kind of slow wind up and is intends to be wild. So that that was a pretty good uh, choice of guy to run on, but. But he stole that thing clean with with no trouble, and Batanzas basically threw the ball away in panic. So yeah, that was awesome. That was cool to see. You don't see too many uh, steals of home anymore, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, some good baseball being played out there.
0: Yeah, there has been yeah there have been some pretty darn good games. Um, I've seen just um, and actually, you know, the Tigers honestly haven't played haven't really played that badly. Um, we're just kind of seeing those weaknesses. Like if the starting pitching can kind of hang in there. You know, this might not be as bad as we think it is, but um, but they're gonna have to find someone else to you know to, to kind of shore up the middle of the um, middle of the lineup because there yeah there just isn't enough there. It's kind of bleak, so. That's what you know that's what we're gonna be dealing with this year, um hopefully uh we can see some good stuff yeah out of out of some of the bullpen guys, and hopefully um Shane Green gets it going here because he's he's kind of the guy we're looking at as the big trade chip, so
1: yeah, he's gonna have to pick things up a bit,
0: yeah, I won't be surprised if he has a little bit of a rough go in the cold weather, but yeah, um hopefully by may he's he's kind of got it going, um, well yeah, he's
1: had like joint issues, like his fingers have been a problem for him, so the cold. I guess that would make sense for it to be a bit of an issue for him, especially.
0: Yeah, he had he had a, a lot worse version of what Michael Fulmer had, and they, you know, yeah. and it doesn't seem like it's ever kind of gone away. Like he still gets like a little bit of dead finger. He'll still get like a little bit of um, tissue death, be, just because there isn't enough capillary blood flow to his fingertips. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that's a little bit of a trick to to kind of deal with out there. Yeah, it
1: doesn't help when the rest of your fingers go numb after that point. So it's a. Uh...
0: Uh, Not ideal. Yeah, definitely not ideal. Um, All right. So, you know, there hasn't been a ton going on apart from the the Nick play. So um, the only other thing to kind of mention is that the minor league season will kick off on Thursday. Um, I'm trying to get Dan Hasey, who is the voice of the West Michigan Whitecaps, to come on um, sometime, hopefully this week. And we'll do a special edition podcast with Dan um, if he's able. Um, If he's not able this week, hopefully we can um, put that together maybe next week as well. Uh, but yeah, all the teams will get started on Thursday um, and we will have the um, the complete rosters from all four of the, the Tigers organ- um, affiliates from AAA down to West Michigan Whitecaps at Class A ball um, up on the site shortly. Those guys will all be there. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the next thing and our, our minor league coverage will kick in. And obviously... Uh, As you can tell by our extreme enthusiasm for Major League Baseball (laughs) Uh, after this week, really, we're just kind of waiting for the weather to get nicer. But um, yeah, the minor league season is going to be a big part of our coverage this year. Um, I know Rob and I are both going to be kind of on that in particular. Um, I'm hoping to go out to West Michigan quite a few times and see some guys out there live and do some scouting reports. Um, So we'll be bringing you that coverage shortly, and that will start um, with um, a minor league recap of all the opening day games, which will appear on the site Friday. So you can look for that. Um, that'll kickstart um, kind of the the second season. Um, that might actually be a little bit more entertaining to kind of check in on and watch throughout the throughout the year. At least when uh, Michael Fulmer or Francisco Liriano isn't pitching. So, yeah, we've got that coming up, um, and I think. Other than that, that's about going to do it. Um, you know, we're looking at putting some special content up on our Patreon site next week. Um, I think Rob or Jackie and I and Ashley maybe, depending on which night. Um I, you're just you're busy. It's difficult. <laughs> <But we're> all...
1: <laughs> my, my schedule's a nightmare, I'm sorry. I know, I
0: know, it is. It's just you're just in too much demand. You got like free sites and book deals going on and all kinds of cool stuff, so um, yeah Rob and I will try to get one of those up next week um, and we would invite you all if you can to go over to our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash bless you boys and if you become a patron of the site and the podcast and donate to us a little bit on a monthly basis um, there is some specialty content that we will have for you. we'll see some of those examples already up on the Patreon so if you can do that for us that would be great um, other than that we will look forward to the rest of the week's games and Hopefully, um, hopefully something interesting will happen, like the Tigers will go on a little bit of a run or there will be an awesome brawl or something like that. <laughs>
1: oh, we can hope. We can cross our fingers.
0: No injuries. No injury brawl. No, of course. no, God. I don't want anybody hurt. And no major suspensions, please. Yeah, yeah no major <laughs> suspensions, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll about do it for this week. And you can follow Ashley at 90 Feet from Home on Twitter, as always. You can find me also on Twitter at Fiskadoro74. And we will talk to you next week.